Hello to all you Foxborough faithful and welcome to your post-game day Melancholy Monday episode of Locked On Patriots, your daily home for news, notes, analysis, and the occasional opinion on your six-time Super Bowl champions, the New England Patriots. Today's episode is brought to you in part by DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. My name is Mike DeBate, and I am your host of Locked On Patriots, which, of course, is always a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Feel free to reach out to me on Twitter at M-D-A-B-A-T-E-F-P-C, and be sure to follow Locked On Patriots on Twitter at L-O underscore Patriots. 323 days, folks. That's how long it's been since the New England Patriots lost a meaningful football game. It was a 17-10 loss at the hands of the Pittsburgh Steelers at Heinz Field on December 16, 2018. Nearly a year and narrow loss. But there was a perfect storm brewing in Inner Harbor last night, and it didn't have anything to do with the weather. Costly penalties, sloppy play and a Baltimore team that came to prove a point, and they did just that, folks, as the Ravens defeated the New England Patriots 37-20 at M&T Bank Stadium. And I know it doesn't take the sting out of the loss, but the sky is not falling here. Tom Brady hasn't fallen off the cliff. The Patriots are still good. They were beat last night by a very good football team. But as the band Chicago once said in one of my father's favorite songs, Saturday in the Park, Listen, children, all is not lost. Now, are there areas for concern? Absolutely. And in the hopes of discussing some of those problem areas with some positivity, I welcome one of the most positive Pat's voices I know to Locked On Patriots today. Ian Glendon of Full Press Coverage joins me to break down the Patriots' loss and to let you know why this might be exactly what the Patriots needed. So sit tight, and I hope that you enjoy the show. But first, let's start with a brief recap of last night's action. And the Ravens opened this game with a sharp-looking 75-yard drive. Lamar Jackson was phenomenal in this game. And on this drive, he went 4-for-4 four four for 41 yards. And he did get some help from the New England defense. And it's uncharacteristic for the Patriots to make mistakes like this early on. But as Baltimore lined up for a field goal try... Shalikwe Calhoun jumped into the neutral zone to give the Ravens a first down. And while some may still question the call, and I think there is a little bit of question still to be had there, ultimately this was very ill-timed and a costly penalty for the New England Patriots because on the very next play, Lamar Jackson took matters into his own hands and just pranced around the left end for an easy three-yard score. So what should have been three turned into seven and again that set the tone for the night and after Tom Brady and the Patriots offense went three and out on their first possession Baltimore came right back with another drive or 11 plays and a Justin Tucker field goal so the Patriots found themselves down in a 10-0 hole early in this one but the Ravens were just getting warmed up. In their third possession of the game, the Ravens would again light the scoreboard. This time it was set up by a 53-yard run by Mark Ingram. That was immediately followed up by a 12-yard touchdown burst by Gus Edwards. And all of a sudden, folks, the New England Patriots found themselves down 17 to nothing. Yikes. And it looked like the route was going to be on in Baltimore. However, New England did get some help from an old friend. And that help came in the form of a special teams miscue that helped get the Patriots right back into this game. Former Pats cornerback Cyrus Jones, now with the Ravens, and had his issues with kick and punt returns when he was in New England, muffed the punt. And in an ironic twist, former Raven, now current Patriot Justin Bethel, recovered at the Baltimore 20. And all of a sudden, the Patriots now had new life. Credit the New England Patriots. Tom Brady came out, 
Threw a four-yard touchdown pass to Mohamed Sanu, and all of a sudden it's 17-7, to and the Patriots were starting to build a little bit. They added two field goals in the final four minutes at the end of the half. First of those came after Mark Ingram lost a fumble at the Baltimore 19. So the Patriots all of a sudden started capitalizing off of turnovers, and it looked like they were finding their stride. The second field goal came just before the half, and a lot of people are making the argument that it should have been seven. And technically, folks, it should have been. James White lunge for the goal line just came up short, but the reason he was short was actually because he tripped over his own teammate's leg, and that made him just shy of being able to break the plane. That would have been a surefire 7 for the New England Patriots. He would have made it, but unfortunately that wasn't meant to be. New kicker Nick Folk lined up, hit the easy field goal, and the Patriots were only down by 4 at the half. And after being down 17 to nothing early on in this game, the Patriots looked like they were definitely getting momentum and they would have the ball to begin the second half. And as they began the second half, they put together a stellar drive. In fact, it looked like the Patriots had designs on the end zone and the decision to go no huddle was working nicely. However... With 12:21 left in the third quarter at a first and 10 from the Baltimore 30-yard line, Julian Edelman, who is always reliable, playing with injured ribs, looking gassed on that play, fumbled the ball, and that was immediately recovered by Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey. He took it back 70 yards for the touchdown, and just like that, the Ravens took a 24-13 lead. In the process, seemingly took back the momentum. But credit the Patriots on the very next drive, Brady and the Pats offense went no huddle again. Very methodical in their approach. A four-minute, 18-second drive by Brady going up-tempo and putting the Ravens' defense on its heels. And that defense was tired during this drive. Patriots wrote a heavy dosage of James White and rushed into the end zone, and the Patriots were back within four at 24-20. And all of a sudden, folks, we had a football game. But that's unfortunately where this one fell apart. The Ravens put together two clock-killing drives that sealed the Patriots' fate, each resulting in a touchdown. The first was an 8-minute, 9-second drive that resulted in a 5-yard touchdown catch by Ravens tight end Nick Boyle. And the second was truly the final toss of dirt onto the Patriots' resting place in this one. A 9-minute, 35-second drive where Jackson carried it into the end zone. The rest was just details from that point on. Game over. Ravens 37, Patriots 20. And not even Tom Brady and his late-game heroics could carry the Patriots out of the doldrums in this one. Brady ended up finishing with a respectable stat line. He went 30 for 46, 285 yards, did throw an interception with 12.47 left in the game. And that interception came on the Pats' offensive drive that was sandwiched in between the monster drives by the Ravens. Tom just launched what ended up being an arm punt into the arms of Earl Thomas, who was waiting in the wings and had an easy reception. That interception came after Benjamin Watson had dropped a pass going down the seam a couple of plays earlier. And it's tough to say this, folks, but that is the type of play where the Patriots desperately missed Rob Gronkowski. That is in no way a disrespect to Benjamin Watson, gave the best effort he could, and it was a tough reception. But Gronkowski used to make plays like that look routine, and it really did hurt the Patriots in this one. And it added to Brady's frustration without question. It looked like a frustration move when he threw the interception. Brady uncharacteristically let his emotions get the best of him on that one. As for his counterpart with the Ravens, Lamar Jackson was stellar. He ran for 61 yards, two touchdowns, went 17 of 23 through the air for 163 yards and a score there as well. Mark Ingram, 
also a great runner in this game, ran for 115 yards, and the NFL's leading rushing attack amassed 210 yards on the ground against the New England Patriots. And we had talked about this all last week, folks, that the ground game for the Baltimore Ravens could give the Patriots fits in this one. They certainly did. And as a result, New England's 12-game winning streak dating to last season, including the playoffs, was over. The Patriots dropped to 8-1 and one on the season. They're heading into the bye week before a Sunday afternoon matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles on November 17th in the city of brotherly love. So where do we go from here? Well, in the short term, the Patriots head into the bye week with two weeks to prepare for the Eagles, but first and foremost, they have to figure out what went wrong in Baltimore, and Ian Glendon and I will discuss that in just a moment. But first, athletes, coaches, and sports fans alike all appreciate stamina. No denying that, folks. Have to appreciate an athlete that stays in the game. Well, you know who else appreciates stamina? Your significant other. And the folks at Roman, a men's health company, are changing the game with Roman Swipes, the secret to lasting longer beneath the sheets. They're clinically proven, easy to use, and fast-acting, but don't require a prescription. Roman can ship swipes to you in a discreet, unmarked packaging, and each swipes packet is small enough to hide in your wallet for whenever you need it. Swipes are great. They will not transfer to your partner, so you can last longer without worrying. They're super easy to use. Just take swipes out of the packet, swipe it on, let it dry, and you're good to go. That's it. Get $10 off your first order of swipes and free two-day shipping at GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL for $10 off and free two-day shipping. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNFL. As always, with the Patriots' loss, folks, the prognostications of doom are soon to follow. And they're out there. The Patriots' epitaph is gleefully being written as we speak. And look, the Pats had problems out there last night, no question about it. But don't bury this team just yet. And most of you are smart enough to know that losses like these are typically fuel for a championship-type fire in New England. And to lend a thicket of positivity to today's show... I welcome in my guest today, you know him as one of the best and key frontline soldiers in the crusade against Brady and Patriots derangement syndrome. He is the editor-in-chief of Full Press Coverage, the managing editor of Full Press NHL, and the host of numerous shows on Full Press Radio, and I'm lucky enough to join him on a couple of those. He is my good friend, Ian Glendon, and I welcome him to Locked On Patriots today. Ian, hello, and welcome back. <laughs> it's I you know I I those introductions get better and better every time. In fact, I I like to listen back to them every day. It it kind of fuels my ego. I love it. It's good. See, this is what I'm here for. This is what we're all here for on Locked On. Positivity, moving forward, and you know, we're all about that. So, if I can help to increase your self-esteem a little, my friend, I'm glad. And you do the same for me, I assure you. Um now Ian and I are big Seinfeld fans, obviously. We love to start our shows by going hello and Anyone who's listened to us knows that we'll drop a Seinfeld reference every now and then. Guess what, folks? I'm going to continue that today. Like George Costanzo, we want to end on a high note, and we're going to end on a high note. So without any further ado, my friend, let's get right to it. But we'll start with the negatives first. And look, you know, no one's going to sugarcoat the Patriots loss last night, but it's not quite the doom that I think everybody is trying to make it out. From an offensive and from an offensive standpoint and a defensive standpoint, what are the concerns that you took away from last night's game? When you looked at the Pats' offense, you looked at the defense. 
what were some of the things that stood out to you? And I'll ask you to kind of maybe narrow it down to one on offense and one on defense that particularly were their biggest concerns. Well, I think it, it, it's all the same things that we have been talking about, at least for the last couple of weeks that have kind of popped up. And that's obviously the inconsistent line play on offense and the uh, Patriots, uh, I guess, lack of uh, ability to uh, stop a, a, a really good running game. And we saw a little bit of that against Nick Chubb. And then, of course, Lamar Jackson and the uh, Ravens were able to run on them early and often. And that really put them so far behind that it, it, it there was no margin for error. And of course we know the, the Patriots had a few moments of error that, that really separated them from the uh, Ravens. So, um, you know, it's the same things again, like I said, we we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now, we saw pop up in that, uh, in that Browns game. And again, against a really good team, like the Ravens, it, it was, uh, it, it just made for a bad combination. And, and again, it, it's, it's concerning to a point, but at the same time, I think there there were a lot of positives that, that came out of both sides uh, of this game. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that a lot of people are looking at the New England Patriots right now and saying, oh, it was a disastrous effort start to finish. I opened uh, today's show by kind of breaking down the drives that the Patriots had. And to me... One of the big concerns that I had, and I know you probably saw this, we've talked about this offline as well, is to me one of the big keys for the Patriots not being able to be as effective as they should have been last night was the lack of speed at linebacker and their inability to cover some of this RPO offense, this run-pass offense that we've seen Lamar Jackson be able to run so effectively. That could be a concern down the line for the New England Patriots. So if I'm a Patriots fan, I'm looking at that and saying speed is not something you can easily manufacture. I think the New England Patriots are going to have to game plan a little bit for this, maybe devise some schemes that are going to help in that regard. Maybe it's putting a, a safety in the linebacker position or having a safety spy. We saw Terrence Brooks try it on Sunday evening um, and we didn't see that much of it with Pat Chung. Obviously, I think he's still a little banged up. Patriots are getting this bye week at a good time, folks. By the way, there are some guys here that are nursing some injuries that need to come back healthy and I think they will once uh, they've had a couple of weeks to kind of rest and, and get back into game shape. But that was a concern of mine. On the offense, we're in complete agreement. I think the offensive line right now continues to be a concern. Um, we've talked several times, my friend, about Marshall Newhouse. And, you know, before we go and just, you know, kick dirt all over him right now, because there's plenty of it flying around in Foxborough. <laughs> We have to remember that he's not typically a starting left tackle, and you've said this several times on, our, on you know, and uh, speaking with you, uh, you know, in, in numerous occasions, you've been a big proponent of this, and I, I agree with you 100% on that as well. Um, in terms of what the Patriots did last night, they were penalized seven times for 48 yards. We saw the Patriots commit atypically, uh, very. Um, I guess there's no other word to say it. They were dumb penalties, particularly mm -hmm. the hands to the face against Devin, against uh, Jason McCourty, who really had a rough game last night. Um, in terms of what you saw from the Patriots defensively, they they hopped off sides a couple of times, the neutral zone infractions. Now, I know there was some questions about the calls, and you can get into that if you want a little bit. But do you think that that was a lack of discipline on the Patriots' part, maybe not coming in as prepared as they should have been? Or do you credit the Ravens for forcing the Patriots into some of these kind of pedestrian penalties that they usually don't commit. Well, I think I think it's it's got to be a combination of all three, really, except for you know with the with the biggest factor being the Ravens themselves, because 
let's face it, the Ravens came out with a perfect start uh, game plan to start to start this game. And they, you know, everything that they planned on doing hit. So all of a sudden the, the Patriots, a, again, we, we can talk about like, okay, that the neutral zone infraction that, you know, wasn't an actual infraction because he never actually crossed into the neutral zone. I mean, it is what it is. Like you can't sit there and dwell on that. It, it's unfortunate that it happened because it did. It, it essentially led to four extra points for the Ravens. Right. But at that point, the Ravens were moving and the Patriots didn't do themselves any favors by even putting themselves in a position to do that. They should, you know, they shouldn't even have had to have been down there at the goal line because, you know, this is obviously a team that has through excuse me throughout this whole season given up very limited amount of yards and points of course but look i mean again at the end of the day this was this was a credit to the ravens who uh you know they're a team that's that's coming off two weeks you know a bye week uh two weeks to prepare for the patriots a team they clearly take a little extra pleasure in beating so again this was a huge game for both teams. I think this was a huge game for the Ravens, and they treated it as such. And and look, credit to them. They they came out and beat the Patriots. But um, I, I, I do want to make mention that the, the Patriots' defense did start to figure things out in the second quarter, and it started to carry over a little bit. But what happened with the fumble, uh, uh, Julian Edelman's fumble, it really hurt the Patriots because not only did it kill that drive, which – I think, you know, even Ravens fans will sit there and admit, say like, oh, oh, no, the Patriots are going to take the lead right now. And that's that's going to be it. Um, not only did that that drive kill any sort of momentum, uh, you know, they had towards that goal, uh, that touchdown, but it kept the, the Ravens defense off the field. Um, I mean, uh, kept the Ravens offense off the field and the Patriots defense uh, off the field as well. So that momentum killed them. So, again, it just it just became. It was just a bad timing for a fumble. We're not sitting here blaming Julian Edelman. It was just the Patriots started to figure things out. It just they just couldn't carry over that momentum after after that play. And and unfortunately for uh, for the Patriots, it gave the Ravens a little extra rest on offense, and then they started rolling again. Uh, you know, after the Patriots answered right back. So, um, you know, there there were positives, but you know, it. it Big picture wise, it just it wasn't a good night for the Patriots defense, and uh, you know part of that was the Ravens. The other part was they just looked uh, ill prepared, especially to uh, start. Yeah, I agree with you, and I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the uh, the the fumble by Edelman, which I opened the show talking about a little bit and giving a recap. I think in a lot of ways, the two drives that sandwich those in between with the two long drives, one eight plus minutes, the other nine and a half minutes, those drives wore the defense down. It kept the offense off the field who was starting to figure things out. And they had that Ravens defense very, very tired. Don't forget, sometimes it's a disadvantage when you have a Ravens defense that picks up, runs back a touchdown. All of a sudden, that defense has to stay out there on the field because the offense is coming right back on. Patriots were going no huddle, caught them off guard, and the Pats take, you know, strike with, within striking distance to make it 24 to 20. All of a sudden, they're reeling at that point. And credit the Ravens for being able to put together long, methodical drives. Uh, to be able to keep the Patriots off base. And at that point, once those two drives occurred and they both ended in touchdowns, you know, it's at that point, it's so difficult, you know, to be able to recover from that. And the Patriots just couldn't do that. We will get to the positives in a minute, folks. I promise <laughs> you. We brought an Ian for a reason. He is the voice of positivity, and I love him That's for right. it. So we will get to that. Um, but before we do, and before we take our leave of the negativity, my friend, 
we talk about humble pie up here in New England. Mm -hmm. There is no question about it. The Patriots ate some humble pie last night, and they ate it a la mode. But if you're talking about the blame pie in terms of what the Patriots can look at now to move forward and get to that positive that we're going to get to in a minute, how would you say you divvy up? I'm not asking you to do fractions because I know (laughs) it's your understanding that there would be no math. But at this point, how do you see uh, some of the blame pie being served around in New England today? Um. You know, and I'm going to sound like a you know very very patriot answer, but I, you know I, I think the blame is is across the board. I, I think they they were the game plan that they had in mind to try to stop this Ravens offense clearly was not working uh, from the start, and that really put them behind. But um, defensively, I mean, it just goes back to their inability to slow down and 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 stop the, you know stop these uh, Ravens run plays. I mean, they were just weren't capable of doing that and then on the offensive side it's the same thing we've been talking about and it's the offensive line and it's just you know inconsistency I mean at times they look really well and other times you know again you know you got linemen looking like turnstiles and Brady having to you know dip and dive and duck and dodge (laughs) his way out (laughs) of the pocket so um so it's hard to really pinpoint I'm not going to say you know, one aspect of the of the game was, was to blame. It, it really was kind of a total team effort um, with the irony of it being, I think, you know, Tom Brady might have had one of his best games of the year, just considering the circumstances. And, uh, you know, it's just it's just one of those things where, like, at the end of the year, you look back and you say, you know what, this <laughs> this was a good loss. And, you, and, and in 2007, you know, maybe it could have served them well to lose a game like this. It's true. And I'm glad that you brought that point up because that will lead me into the positives and we can discuss those in a little bit. But a loss of this type is usually, and I open this in your intro, as a matter of fact, saying that it's usually like the fodder for a championship fire. And Mm -hmm. I think that in a lot of ways, we saw this happen uh, a few years ago when the Patriots dropped a terrible loss. And I think they looked worse in that loss than they looked last night against the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead. They were absolutely dismantled in that game, and they looked terrible. It was a game in which Tom Brady had to take a seat on the bench because things were so bad. Never got to that level last night, and I agree with you. Momentum swung. I think there were little bits here and there, but ultimately, if you take a look at the second quarter and a little bit in the beginning of the third quarter, the Patriots started to figure things out. and looked like they were on their way to taking a, a role, and if You know, if Edelman doesn't fumble, it could have been a different story. There's no question about it. But ultimately, you know, the the Patriots, I think, had to have a game like this. I think it was a little bit of an eye opener. I think it was a little bit of a wake up call for them as well. And maybe a little bit to cut down on the hype. I don't want to say that the Patriots always buy into it, but the boogeymen were really starting to become a thing (laughs) here. T-shirts were being sold. I think they were starting to buy into that a little bit. I really think something like this grounds this team and gets them back to what made them that type of vaunted defense that everybody was afraid to uh, to face. They're going to face a tough task in two weeks against the Philadelphia Eagles, and I think they'll be up for it. So getting back to the positivity, my friend, here we are, the <laughs> bye week. The Patriots have a bitter taste in their mouth for two weeks. Probably a good thing that they have a little bit of that bile kind of hanging around there. I think that'll make them hungrier. As we look forward to the second half of the season, what are some of the bright spots that you look at? Not so much in what we saw from the game last night, because there were seedlings, but in addition uh, to some of the guys they're getting back, and I'll let you have the ball on that one, what do you believe are some of the uh, uh, the positives that we can see from the New England Patriots moving forward? 
Well, I mentioned it uh, just a minute ago. I, I think this was one of Tom Brady's best games of the year, and, and that speaks to how uh, the offense is, again, I mean, they're, they're, it's a work in progress because I think they're too reliant on what looks like two guys right now, and that's surprisingly Mohamed Sanu and Julian Edelman. And uh, it's, it's not a bad problem to have because it looks like he has instant chemistry uh, with this team or with these players, but... um. I, I will speak a little specifically towards uh, last night's game because, again, we're, we're talking about a, a few instances of, you know, just things just not going the Patriots' way, and ultimately it changed the entire landscape of the game. And, you know, think back to, to the James White play, you know, where he trips on his own player's foot and falls just short of the goal line, and, you know, that ultimately cost the Patriots four points. Um, you know, that that was a huge momentum changer because you're talking about a team guaranteed to be tied at halftime uh going into it as opposed to being down 17 13 so uh, you look at that you look at the ben watson uh a drop unfortunate that happened and then obviously it was followed up right by you know followed up by the interception which really obviously you know it obviously it hurt them but at that point it was it was as good as a of a as a punt you know in that situation so i i do look at how Brady has instantly connected with Sanu, though. And we saw it a lot in this game, how um, there was a particular play where the play started to break down, and Sanu obviously had the know-with-all to to go to the right spot and, and make the big play for Brady to make that completion. And uh, we, we saw him become more of a focal point in the offense as the game went on. And I think that's only going to continue, um, obviously, as the weeks and, and, and whatnot go by. Because, again, this is a perfect situation for a guy like Bill Belichick, who has plenty of coachable moments in this game and, and from the first eight weeks or, yeah, first uh, nine weeks of the season. So having these two weeks off is, is probably, a, like you said, great timing. And like you mentioned, also, you get uh, and Nikhil uh, Harry back, you get Isaiah mm-hmm. Wynn back, and right. those two right there. I mean, if they if they can have somewhat of an impact on this offense, then from based on what I saw last night, I mean, they're going to be fine. I look, there there may be a situation where you may be missing one playmaker on this offense because I, I am a little concerned that Jacoby Myers was MIA. I mean, I think we all have a lot of hopes uh for him and i think he's flashed a lot but um i really don't recall him being involved much at all and you know philip dorsett's a a really great player and i love philip dorsett um but i think we're all waiting for him to become more of a impact player and not just you know an every so often impact player and again great player when he when he makes those plays but I think we want to see more of it. And in a situation like last night where, I mean, right before that fumble, we, we knew Julian Edelman was gassed. And yeah. that's, a, that's a situation where you, you hope other players can step up and pick up that slack, you know, especially in a situation where he clearly could have used a little bit of an extra break. And, uh, you know, so again, I, I, <laughs> I'm trying to stay positive and, and I usually am, <laughs> but uh, I ended up leaning a little bit more towards the negative. But I guess in a way that I am saying that I think these guys and I, I, I have a great feeling that these guys are going to figure it out. I mean, these guys are going to get healthy the more continuity they have uh, on offense. I mean, every week it feels like not just new, uh, you know, changing personnel, but entirely new offensive staffs. 
um it seems like every week one you know one week it's antonio brown josh gordon then it's uh you know gunner and and julian and then it's uh, you know mohammed sanu and and philip dorsett so i mean it's it this ever-changing uh skill position group for the patriots offense as you know it, it shows how good um that Brady is that he can adapt and change. Um, but, it, but at the end of the day, it's hurt because they haven't been able to, to get any sort of continuity going, but as they get healthier, this two weeks off, uh, will really help them kind of gel together a little bit. And again, Rex Burkhead has been healthy. That's a good sign. Uh, James White's been involved. So I think there's just a lot to, to, to draw off of what we've seen and, and, and knowing what this team is and what they've been in the past, you got to know that they're going to be able to figure it out and have a good uh, second half of the season. Yeah, great points all the way around. And again, you mentioned that, yeah, you were going a little toward the negative. Well, no, you brought it back. <laughs> I in saved it. I saved it. <laughs> yeah, tied it all together and you brought it home in the end. And therein lies the positivity. Look, there's no question about it, folks. And we've said this all uh, all show long. You can't sugarcoat what happened last night. The Patriots got beat and they got beat for a reason. They got beat simply because they did not play well enough to win on all sides of the ball. But there weren't the, the moments of burying that I think we're hearing a lot of, that's the positivity. Take that for what it's worth. The return of Nikhil Harry to this offense will give them another option. Hopefully someone will step up and be that next playmaker on the defense. Again, I mentioned the linebackers, their speed, um, and being able to cover this RPO. Is this a blueprint for uh, for the beating the Patriots defense? I guess there's a possibility, but in my opinion, Bill Belichick and his defensive coaching staff, Steve Belichick, uh, Gerard Mayo, they will work hard the next couple of weeks to game plan schemes to make sure that what happened on Sunday night does not happen again. Ian, I can't thank you enough for coming on today to lend a little bit of positivity Mm -hmm. here to a downtrodden Patriots nation right now. But fear not, folks. Keep fighting the good fight. The Patriots are going to be just fine. They're still 8-1. and They're still at the top of the conference. And when all is said and done in this season, I still believe that's where they will be at the top of the conference and enjoying a first-round bye. Um, He is Ian Glendon, folks. Again, he is the editor-in-chief of Full Press Coverage. He is the managing editor of FPC NHL, provides some of the best NHL content. He and uh, a good friend of mine, Chris Blackie, host the Big Bad Bruins podcast, on Full Press Radio Network. I highly recommend checking that out. And also, you can always check out some of the work that Ian and I do sharing the microphone on FPC Radio Live. We have a blast doing that. That is on Full Press Radio, so check that out as well. And always watch for our Twitter feeds because we are definitely always uh, up for uh, new listeners on that show as well. Ian, thank you very, very much for joining me today, buddy. Uh, Have a great week. Have a great day. And uh, keep fighting the good fight because you're making us all proud in Pats Nation. Hey, it never stops for for me. No days off. Absolutely. No days off. And as for me, that leads in well. I will be back tomorrow to bring you all news, notes, and analysis from Foxborough, Massachusetts. That's right, folks. It's a bye week, but like Mr. Glendon here, I take no days off, and I will continue to be joined by some special guests to wrap up Sunday's loss, look back at the first half of the season, and also look ahead to the second half, starting with November 17th and the matchup with the Philadelphia Eagles. As always, make sure to join me each and every day on the Locked On Patriots podcast and subscribe to Locked On Patriots via your preferred podcast provider. Once again, I'm Mike DeBate. Thanks again to Ian Glendon for his time and insight today. But most of all, I thank you so much for listening. Have a great day, everyone.